0: Hey everyone, welcome to Emotion Overload. I'm Julie. I'm Sammy. I'm Sophie. And today we're going to be talking about cultural differences and emotions. Um, Our previous episodes, we kind of looked at what are emotions, some common misconceptions, emotions and mental health, and sex differences and emotions. So we're excited to kind of loop it back at this point to cultural differences and emotions. But, I mean, I know that I've traveled and have seen some differences in emotions within my own experiences, but what about you guys? Have you noticed any differences in that?
1: Yeah, no, so um, when I was in, I think, fifth grade, I went to London and just, like, the manner of, like, the people that we, like, saw and were, like, around, they were, like, very proper and, like, it didn't tend to display a lot of emotions but like um another trip I went on actually I think like two years ago I went to the Dominican Republic and they actively expressed their emotions they were like like and they weren't it wasn't like a bad type of emotion like they were always happy and excited and you like ready to like dance and like have fun so like it was just really different than like most places you know
0: Mm -hmm. definitely and that's such an interesting like distinction that you got to observe in the different ways. I know from my own experiences, traveling throughout Europe and traveling in China, like just seeing the differences in the way that the emotions are expressed and like the way in which they value them, even between the different countries in Europe. And especially when looking at the cultural expressions and differences in Asia as well. Then, Yeah,
2: so I have not traveled outside the country yet. Um but I have traveled north i've traveled to New York every year since I was born um and i've traveled um on the um East coast a little bit too but I've never traveled west, so I think it would be a really interesting experience for me to go out west and just see that different um culture, especially since I have lived my whole life in the United States and have only been on the east but it's very interesting you can definitely tell a difference between um like northern drivers and southern drivers or just northern people in general. Um, they're very blunt with what they have to say, especially driving. is terrifying. I just choose not to um, up there. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, my dad is from New York. So, like, I totally know, like, those type of experiences and, like, the way they present themselves. But I also haven't been out west, so we should totally plan a trip to go west.
0: For psychology definitely. Um <laughs> yes, I would love that. But also speaking as the only non-southerner um in the situation, there is a massive difference when going from the other um more northern locations down to the south. For me it was like very interesting seeing the way in which emotions are expressed here and also kind of just the normal like state of expression like up north you don't just walk around smiling all the time like it's not not as big of a thing but down here it's like everywhere you go people will be smiling and will look at you and smile at you and you're just like I'm sorry do I know you
2: yeah I think there's pros and cons to both um, cultures both differences Um like I think down here in the south I've been I lived in Tennessee my whole life but you know a lot of times we put on this facade this fake face or um, we just feel like we have to put on a show for other people and to have that, you know, achievement or whatever. Um, whereas up north, like if they're not having a good day, they'll tell you and it's very obvious. So I think that there is pros and cons to both and it's very fascinating. Even when they're in our own country, like you can just go and see different cultures and different way that people express themselves.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so interesting to me, just a like cultural differences from like a national level but then also when you look at like different areas and different subcultures that exist within that own particular country. Um so we're going to be talking about some more like research in this regard. We've like it's something we've all experienced but what does the literature say about this um and these differences?
1: Yeah, so um, to start off, we first need to talk about cultures and where some differences lie. Um, So cultures and cultural mindsets are usually framed in terms of being individualistic or um, collectivist. Also used are the terms independent or interdependent. Um, Individualistic cultures are more independent and have a more individualized mentality compared to a group or other mentality. Collectivist cultures, on the other hand, are more interdependent and have a more uh, group mindset slash outlook. Um, These are important because they shape or view um, the world in so many different ways. And one of those ways is through our emotions and how we should or uh, should or should not express them. This also affects how we perceive what we should be likely. um, Wait, (laughs) sorry, brain fart. Um, It also says that we should be um, emotional as well. Um, a state called the ideal affect, which Dr. Jean Tsai, um does a ton of research on and has essentially um, began this field of research. Mm-hmm. So Samy's gonna tell you a little bit about her and her research.
2: Yeah, so um, I'm going to be talking about Dr. Mesquite, um, whose research on emotional differences in either collectivist or individualist cultures. Um, she did this research in about 2001. Um, and she found that collectivist cultures indicated more collectivist emotional experiences, while individualist cultures referred um, less on the social environment for their emotions and more on like the personal um, environment. In an interview with Psychology Today, um, Dr. Mesquite discusses some of her experiences with this research And she says that emotions are inseparable from culture and that our emotions and um, interpretation of them are culturally influenced um, and that they work together. Um, I'm gonna read you guys a quote from this article that she, um, this interview. She said, one thing that has surprised me is how many cultures don't think about their emotions as something that lives inside of an individual, but more as something between people. In those cultures, emotions are what people do together with each other. And I think it's really interesting because um, in my personal view, it is a spectrum um, of individualist or um, collectivist ideals and different cultures can fall um, on that scale. And it's just very interesting to study and to research.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I really like the way that she looks at things because I feel like in like today's society, you know, we're all about meaning me, me and like taking a step out of your body and like look at like the way people from like different cultures interact or the way they think like you don't really see that going into a different culture. But like once you're there, you observe like so many different things.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely our Western um, idea or our American idea.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the westernized um, culture is traditionally, like, more individualistic in its mindsets, and in the way that we kind of, like, develop, we're much more independent, and, like, we pride ourselves on being independent and on having those kind of characteristics, so it's really interesting to see how even just the way that we're raised culturally, like, so deeply affects our emotions and our emotional experiences, because, like, Like she was saying, like Dr. Mosquito was saying, like you can't separate the two of them because it's the language and the terminology that you use is inbred with the culture that you exist in. And that's just fascinating to me. I love that she looks at this.
2: Yeah, I think like too with the American dream, um, I think that that can be um, honestly in my experience unhealthy, but it's definitely a very individualistic um, idea of self-glory and just working for, um, this idea. And two, um, oh shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um, yeah. That works. We are all there. <laughs> um. Yeah, you know. I'm
0: sorry.
1: but We all have those. I've had them quite a few times today. <laughs> it's
0: okay. We're making it. <laughs> but another area of research looking at cultural differences in emotions Um, was conducted by Lim in 2016, where he looked at the arousal levels and the experiences between Western and Eastern cultures. So those individualistic or um, collectivist, those independent or interdependent cultures. And what um, Lim found was that the Western cultures prefer prefer and almost report, um, they report experiencing these high arousal emotions more frequently than those from the Eastern cultures. And they found that the Eastern cultures, um, are looking at lower arousal emotions as being more preferable and more desirable to experience. So kind of like what that translates to is high arousal emotions are going to be those things that kind of increase your autonomic nervous system and kind of like jack it up a little bit. So things like happiness or joy, um, would be high arousal emotions, but then lower arousal emotions are things more along the lines of like contentness and like more neutral aspects of just kind of like a peaceful mindset kind of thing. And going back to the work from Dr. Tsai, her research looks at the way that these affects and the ideal or the... um like, hoped-for state of emotional experience are within them, um, so, like, within Western cultures, the ideal affective states that, um, Dr. Tsai has acknowledged is, like, more high arousal motivated. They want those high arousal positive emotions, and that's what they're aiming towards, while in Eastern cultures and that mindset, they have ideal affective states of lower arousal, so they want to be more muted, um, in that experience, and these implications can be, like, super profound across the board because, um, symptoms of various, like, diagnoses, like depression, are usually termed in more Western, um, connotations, so we, like, diagnose depression as being kind of a muted state or, like, not as happy, not as expressive, you're more neutral in the way that you do things, But for people who have a cultural mindset that says that's desirable, for them depression manifests itself as being um, more expressive and not being able to kind of reduce their emotional experiences down. So for Western cultures, you have this decrease in expressivity, but in Eastern cultures there's an increase in expressivity um, because it's a lack of control over their emotional situation and experience. So, like, that's just one of the ways in which cultural differences can have a major implication in um, more than just a research field.
2: Yeah, I think that you can definitely see Uh that um, if you look at, like, Indian tribes, like American Indian tribes, or if you look at any tribes um, in the world. um, And we even talked about in class, like, this specific island that did not have contact with. modern you know uh, media or medicine or anything like that and they just really were very culturally um, not collectivist um, mindset and they wanted they had to work together because that's how they were to survive um and so it really is that like nature versus nurture that very um biological innate thing that we um either work together or we work individually and that's just how we are socialized and brought up and it's very interesting
1: like even with like this the things that have happened this year with like tornadoes that happened i think back in March or something and like covid happening like you you really do see the split between people either like working together and like trying to like help their neighbors or like people who are like running to Walmart buying every single like piece of toilet paper you know like you really do see like the split
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah very true um i'm from Nashville so it was very interesting to see either people come together and really help to rebuild and to clean up and to support one another. And then there was also like, when COVID happened, no toilet paper. And it was just like, you know, where do we find that balance? And if you're um, religious or a Christian, it's very interesting to be like, well, how do we um, share the love of God? And how do we, um, you know, share what we have so that God can multiply it with others? And it's very Very interesting to see the dichotomy between the um, individualistic and um, collectivist.
0: (laughs) Definitely, and I think there's advantages to both. Like I don't think one is superior than the other, but it's just important to be aware of them, particularly when we're talking about emotions or we're talking about just the way in which we view life and we go about it, because we are shaped so much by the culture that we're in. And like Dr. Mosquita was saying, like emotions are inseparable from culture. They're inbred within them. And it's how we understand and we interpret them is so culturally influenced. That's not a bad thing. It's just something that we need to be aware of and be willing to kind of wrestle with sometimes. So like when dealing with going to a new culture, being open and being aware of the fact that things might be different there compared to what you're used to and what you know, and being receptive to those changes and to understanding what, what might be in one place and what might not be in another.
1: I also like think like, if you um, go to university and you're listening to this, you know, like, when you're a freshman or sophomore, you have to take like, basically a class that prepares you for your cross-cultural trip. And uh, frequently throughout that class, you're reminded to like, remember that this culture is completely different from you, certain signals might offend them, certain types of speech might affect them. So like, just being aware of your surroundings and where you're going even like if you're not like going far you know just remembering to like respect other people and their opinions and beliefs
2: yeah on a more humorous note I uh, remember a scene from the office where Dwight refuses to smile for his photo ID because um, in some cultures, that is a animalistic um, idea of showing your teeth, like burying your teeth in a weakness. Um, so it's very interesting, you know, how different things different um, have different meanings to a lot of different people and society is very complicated and cultures are, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I think like, the biggest takeaway from today's episode is that, yes, cultural differences exist in emotions, but that's not a bad thing, and it's a beautiful aspect of our world and of reality that we can appreciate, and having better understanding of those differences allows us to be more receptive and more able to care um, for people within our own cultures and within other cultures as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, And we are all humans, we all have um, emotions and that just basic um, asset that we have. So if you guys have any comments or questions, we would love to hear them. You can reach us on Instagram or Twitter at emotion underscore overload underscore podcast. And next week we will be talking about, um, we will be talking to a married couple um, and their emotions and how they have shifted throughout their re- relationship. So stay tuned for the
0: next episode. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're so excited about this opportunity to talk with this couple and kind of talk through how their emotions have changed, if they've changed, um, as they've progressed through their relationship. And while we know that it's just one couple and that's not representative of everything, we are excited to kind of like take a moment and step away a little bit from the research. We'll still be using some of it. But... um be able to have the opportunity to talk with this couple and bring new eyes and perspectives to the situation. But yeah, thanks you guys for listening and tune in next time.
2: Bye!